What's up, everybody? Welcome to a new episode of Double Feature Versus. I'm that guy, Anthony. I'm that guy, Brad. And today we are discussing two anime films that uh, have to do with men that really don't deserve the beautiful, kind-hearted women that are in their lives. Yeah, that that's definitely one way to put it for these two. I mean, they, they don't deserve these women. No, they don't. not at all, in the slightest, uh, especially in the case of the second movie uh, that we have on the list. Yeah, so... They- yeah, I was going to say, today we're doing a, a silent voice versus I want to eat your pancreas. Yes. So this was a podcast that I suggested uh, to Anthony because I, I wanted to see his opinion on these two movies. Especially these two movies, because last time we did one of these anime episodes, it was on uh, centimeters per second or five centimeters per second oh. and your name, which you loved one of them. And uh, absolutely despise the other. And I'm curious to know if it's going to be close to the same on this one, because these are two heavily beloved anime movies. Yeah, your name got the thumbs up five centimeters per second. I don't know what it was that night. I mean, I watched it and I just said, I just I don't I don't see it. It's a beautiful movie, beautiful looking movie, but it just Mm. it wasn't my cup of tea. See, I'm almost curious if you'll watch it again sometime like in the future. I doubt you would. But if you were to, if you would go, OK, I get it this time. <laughs> if I got absolutely nothing to do, no comics to read, no shows to watch, no movies to watch. Uh, I'll do that. But that'll like probably your be DVD never. of the Southland Tales is too scratched up and it won't read anymore. And you're just like, ah, oh, I guess I'll just watch five centimeters per second again. I don't even, I don't even own that on DVD, uh, but I, pro- <laughs> I probably should. But I mean, if I just got nothing to do, uh, I might watch it again, but I don't know when that will be. Okay, but uh, we can jump right into a silent voice on this one. Uh, Do you want to take this one or do you want me to take this? I'll pass the alley-oop to you uh, because usually we don't do chronological order, but I think on this one it might be necessary. Oh, I I definitely want to start on a silent voice. So that's where we're starting today. Hey man, you're uh you're enthusiastic. I'll let you uh take the lead. Oh, I am. So, uh <laughs> a silent voice follows the uh school adventure. Well, let's start from the beginning. The movie starts us off introducing us to Shoya uh Ishida, who is a about teenage boy. He's going through high school and we're introduced to him as he is quitting his job. He's pulling his all his money out of the bank. He sold his entire like CD and comic book collection. Mm-hmm. He puts it all in an envelope and he leaves it on his like mother's pillow before we see him like walking uh, off or starting to kind of climb off the edge of a bridge, uh, which gives us a flashback to when he was in elementary school with his friends from there and a new girl, uh, Shoko Nishima, it joins them with her being deaf. She kind of is seen as a little bit of an outcast from the school a little bit. And as a result, Shoya and his friends pick on her. Uh, eventually, it comes to the school's attention that she's being bullied and all the well, blame is put on Shoya. Well, hold on. I don't know if you said this, but did you? Did you make a note that, that him going to that bridge is kind of like the flash forward of his life? And yes. Yeah, so this is it a, goes back. Yeah, it, it's a flashback to his elementary school. And this is where uh, Shoko no, so. and everything is introduced. 
it becomes a flashback when Shoko uh, comes about, but it's a flash yes. forward when he's selling everything and walks to that bridge. Yeah, then it goes is, back in time. Yeah, this is uh, like a present time is when the uh, bridge scene is. And then right, it does a right. flashback to when he was in elementary school. Just to clarify for everybody. Yep. So this is him as a kid. So this is him as, you know, eight, nine years old or so uh, when Shoko Nishima comes into the picture and his friends kind of pick on her a little bit. He picks on her and everything like that and gets a little bit extreme with ripping out her hearing aids uh, Mm -hmm. that she has. Um, generally teasing her because she can't hear anything. You know, she writes everything in a notebook and everything. Uh, there's a couple other kids that kind of bully her. Uh, Yono Nakato is one of them that I hate uh, her dog. Yeah, she she was like a friend of Shoya before this happened. Uh, her oh. and I'm trying to remember who the other kid was that uh, was always there. Uh, Hirose Kesuke. No, nah, the one that was bullying her was Naoka uh, Ueno. Yes. Which one did you say? Uh, the the kid that always had kind of the uh, the blonde hair. Hmm. So he was always in on it too, along with uh, Shoya and Ueno. Uh, okay. And. After everything gets pinned on Shoya for the bullying, nobody else takes any responsibility for it. Kind of going, yeah, I saw him doing it. I tried to tell him to stop, but he just kept going further. Uh, He ended up becoming an outcast and gets bullied and everything to the point that he can't even look people in the eyes anymore. Uh, He basically becomes a huge outcast and it follows him through middle school and high school to the point that he has no friends. He's had nobody that can rely on at all ever since this occurred. And uh, it needs to be noted that uh, Shoko, due to the bullying, uh, Shoko, the deaf girl, had to leave and go to another school and everything in order to try and like get away from it. Mm-hmm. So that's when this all kind of got him like shunned from his school. And then we get a flash forward back to showing that he found one of the notebooks from when he was bullying her that he like threw into a pond and decided to bring it back to her as kind of a final thing of her, uh, like apologizing to her. Right. Which right. Then sparks like him realizing like he's been learning sign language this whole time and stuff to be able to like communicate with people like that, like trying to be a better person. You know, nobody gives him a chance, but he's trying to be a good person and everything like that. And it's mm-hmm. when he realizes, like, one of the hand gestures that she's been making when they were kids was, uh, let's be friends. So she says that to him upon getting the notebook after, of course, being frightened by the fact that he reappeared, you know, her childhood bully. Right. All right. Let's let's stop there for a second. Okay. I, don't want you, I don't want you to narrate the whole movie. But, it's, um, this one is. You really have to narrate the beginning of it because that's where everything is put in place that takes, you know, there's a whole lot in that first 20 minutes that changes the entire rest of the movie. Yeah, this one of the things I love about this movie. It didn't catch me when I first watched it, but on second glance, when I kind of like re-reviewed the movie in my head, I said, man, this is a this is a powerfully layered coming of age film. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, the way it deals with, you know, bullying, 
you know, the 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 theme of forgiveness and then, you know, suicide and just, you know, being a teenager and just dealing with all these conflicting emotions and dealing with traumatizing things. Like, this is a powerful movie, dog. And then you put romance on top of it, too. Yeah. So there's there's a lot because following uh, his attempted suicide, he decides not to go through with it. He ends up befriending Shoko. Uh, in the process, he begins uh, befriending a new kind of character uh, in his high school, Nagasuka, uh, who is kind of another like loner kid that uh, Shoya just starts talking to. He saves him from bullying, actually. He is being bullied and Shoya kind of saves him and then they kind of begin a kinship from that. So, oh, yeah. Oh, you're saying their last names. That's what you're doing. Oh, okay, I was, oh, I was being I... confused. Yeah, I think Nagasuka is his last name. Oh, yeah. Tomohiro. Tomo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. My bad. Um, yeah. Tomohiro is becomes one of those new friends that doesn't know anything about Shoya's past. He just kind of knows him as this guy that is one in one of his classes. So <clears throat> it's it's a great story about basically it. One of the strange things with this one is we follow who would normally be the antagonist of the movie as the protagonist, because we follow mm. this kid that was a bully and everything like that. Right. We, we don't follow the hero in this story by any means. He's a flawed person. He he was a kid. He did what kids do. They, they pick on people that they don't understand that are different. Yeah. Initially, you don't like him. Right. Uh, but, you know, the film pulls off a trick where it shows you, OK, you saw this guy at his worst. Now let's see him at his best. Right. You know, he, he goes to pay back his mom and everything like that. Uh, I, I love that scene where she like confronts him and goes, well, thank you for paying me back and everything like that. You know, but uh, what, what made you change your mind on killing yourself? he's like, oh, you know, I, I just thought that maybe there was something else in life. And she flips out. She like realizes she caught him in, you know, saying that he was going to commit suicide. Right. Uh, right. So it, it, it's a very powerful moment in itself. And it's one of the first like emotional kind of scenes in this movie, because this one tugs at your emotions throughout the entire movie. You, you see what I like about this film in comparison, in contrast to five centimeters per second, is that five centimeters per second soared off of subtlety. And, you yes. know, that works for some people. And maybe it maybe if it was the right kind of day, I'd be a bit more lenient with my score. But this movie, the subtlety, there's subtlety in this, but it's mostly drowned out by, you know, like intense emotion. Yes, very much so. And it's a yeah. tense emotion that you can relate to. Even if you don't know the circumstance entirely, you can relate to exactly what these people are feeling. You right. know, a mother feel, finding out that her son was going to commit suicide. You know, a, a childhood bully coming back into your life, you know, mm. and turning out to be trying to be nice to you all of a sudden. Yeah. Uh, it's it's all relatable stuff, even finding like uh, previous classmates and everything like that and finding out they're still terrible people like uh, Noyoka, Yona. Uh, she is still an absolutely terrible person because she comes in about halfway sure. through the movie again 
And she immediately wants to start bullying Shoko again and being like, Shoyo, you know, we got to take her hearing aids just like old times. Come on. Oh, right. you got lame. Why, why don't you want to do this anymore? It, it, she's just, yeah, it's just terrible. Yeah. Uh, so you get to see like the bullies that changed like Shoya and then the ones that absolutely did not. Yeah, it's a film about redemption, man. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I love how as an adult or as a young adult, he has X's over everyone's faces because he just he's isolated himself so much since what happened that he, he feels like he's not deserving of friendship with anyone. He feels like he's not deserving of uh, any kind of human contact with anyone. And I like how, you know, through the same person that he bullied and kind of met his uh, dark fate is the same person through which he receives redemption. Yes. Yeah. I I love how he even says that he can't look people in the eyes anymore. He always has Mm -hmm. to look down. And there's a scene when he's like walking with uh, Shoko and she basically just says, well, I'll stand by you and look down with you. You know, Mm. it's you know, she he finally has that friend that's right there and willing to go along this path with them. Like he they know that he's been through a lot and they want to make sure that he has somebody there. Uh, it, it's a part like I know this is skipping forward, but it, it's a big moment, too, when uh, he finally is able to like look up and like all the X's start falling off of everybody's faces like as yeah. he's reigniting with different people. I love the. uh I like how things go in cycles in this film. You know, in the beginning, he's the one uh, contemplating suicide. And then later on, um, the the young lady, Shoko. Uh, Shoko, because she feels like she's in- indirectly ruined Shoya's life. She starts to uh, contemplate suicide. Like I like I like the cycles of how things go in this film and especially a connection between them. Right. Yeah, because she starts to believe that all of Shoko or Shoyo's problem, Shoya's problems are because, uh, are because of her, uh, mostly because of Naoka Yono uh, telling her this on a Ferris wheel. Uh, right. Oh, this is a horrible scene. Yeah, yeah go ahead. It, oh, it's terrible. But uh, one of the characters that uh, we didn't even mention yet was Yuzuru, uh, right. Shoko's sister. I absolutely love her character. Yeah, yeah, she 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 was she was pretty good too. Yeah, she is kind of like the mini spy in the movie with her camera mm-hmm. and everything like that because she gets the footage from what happened in the Ferris wheel. Uh, she gets pictures. She initially gets uh, Shoya expelled from his school uh, by taking a picture of him jumping into the river, which is forbidden at right, the school. Right. Yeah. And immediately, as soon as like Shoya like finds out it was her, he's basically like. Oh, thank God. I, I was worried about who that might have actually been. I, I'm glad it was actually you. You know, like he has no hatred for her whatsoever. And that really starts pushing his character as the he, he he's forgiving of people. You know, he, he doesn't put blame. He realizes that she hates him because of what he did to her sister in the past. Right. And he becomes a protector of the two sisters. Even oh, if, yeah. Even if the younger one doesn't like him. Yeah. So. Uh, I mean, it's. Yeah, there's a just, lot of heart in this movie. Yeah, there's there's some powerful. Uh, I think what I learned in English is that there's dynamic characters versus round characters. But I love I love the character development with um with uh, Shoya. That's his name, right? Yeah, Shoya was uh, his name, the protagonist. 
See, at first glance, you would think Shoya belongs to her and Shoko is his name. Because there's the O and A, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but anyway, um, yeah, man, I really thought this was a, a great animated film. I, I I went into this not knowing what much to expect. I knew it had to do with bullying and stuff like that, but I didn't know what was gonna happen. But um I enjoyed this, man. I would give it a I give it a strong four. Um, this one's like a four point five for me. I I love this one. I was one. leaning it, towards that. Yeah, it it's got some really powerful moments in it. Uh when she goes to commit suicide and uh Shoya catches her and ends up falling himself while trying to, you know, right. help her and save her and everything. That's a powerful moment. Yeah. Uh you have when he's being confronted about like his past and everything like that, like something he wants to try and forget and move beyond. And it comes up and he he doesn't know how to like approach it and everything while everybody's coming back and going, you did this. This was you. And he's like, it's not me anymore. I don't, I don't want to be this person. Mm -hmm. So it's, I, I absolutely love this movie for anybody that hasn't seen it. I highly recommend checking it out. It's, it's a beautiful movie. If you ever find yourself at a crossroads where you got between this and five centimeters, (laughs) steer to the left, just steer to the left. That's all you need to do. For sure on this one. Absolutely. Uh, uh, I want to say that there was one other scene that I really wanted to talk about, but I, I'm drawing a blank. Oh, um, when it comes to uh, Nishima, uh, the mother of the Nishima family, uh, where she absolutely has complete disdain for Shoya for what he's done and everything like that, refuses to accept him until mm-hmm. the very end. Uh, that That was another great one. I absolutely loved her character because she's one of the characters that hates the protagonist with a passion, but you don't, you know, you understand it. Absolutely. It's not yeah. like, Oh he yeah, hurt. she's being a bitch. You know? Yeah. He, he psychologically hurt her baby. You know, you yeah. understand that. And now he's just reappearing, you know, 10 years down the line or close to that. And yeah, so it, it makes sense. And her character was pretty well done. I, I really, a lot of the characters were very well-rounded here, and I liked it. They are. They are. Uh, ready to move on? I think we're ready to move on to uh, the movie with one of the most interesting names ever. Uh, I it, Want to Eat Your Pancreas. You know what, man? I honestly thought before I didn't read anything up on this because you told me not to. I thought this was going to be a romantic horror film. <laughs> like I, I said, like, man, I wonder what this is going to be like. So I went in with an open mind. Um, man, I just got to say off the top, man, beautiful film, dog. Just just all around beautiful movie. Uh, I was going to say, if you were going in thinking that this was going to be a romantic horror movie, you were probably coming out going, that wasn't horror at all. <laughs> well, when you hear a, a title like I want to eat your pancreas, you're thinking something about zombies or, yeah. you know, something a cross between zombie or vampire, like something's going to happen. But uh, let me just give the quick little synopsis and then we can dig into the mean potatoes. So um, Harukai, Harukai Shiga, uh, he's a very Haruki. My bad. Uh, He's a very introverted man. Um, He doesn't he doesn't have any friends. Uh, He's very lonely. Uh, His only fun is reading books and digging his mind into reality that's not his own. 
he just loves he loves books, but he's like he's kind of a boring, like lonely, lonely kid. And um, he come he comes across a very extroverted woman named Sakura uh, Yama Yamauchi Yamuchi Yamuchi. Um, obviously, they're opposites, and obviously, opposites in some ways attract. But anyway, as she kind of like prods him and tries to pull personality out of him, trying to trying to pull something out of him to get to know him, um, she admits to him like. Uh, Oh, yeah, by the way, I have this uh, fatal pancreatic illness and I'm going to die soon. Now, Haruki, being a person that's like not really used to being uh, vulnerable in front of anyone, kind of goes, oh, oh, OK. And this this in- this intrigues her like, oh, you're not saddened for me. You don't you don't feel sorry for me. He's like, I mean, I'm- yeah, he's almost completely emotionless to the news of like somebody in front of him went, yeah, I'm going to die soon. Right. He's just like, oh, OK, thanks for giving me the information. And this intrigues her even more to uh, become friends with him and get to know him a little better because he's the one person that's like it, it again, outside of him and her mama, no one else knows, not even her best friends. Um, he's the one person that's like not all feeling sad for her and like, oh, my goodness. Oh, my, I'm so sorry. He's kind of like, all right, then let me stare back off into the distance. Yeah, I want to go uh, back to my book. Right. And this uh, this intrigues her to uh, get even more closer to him. Uh, long story short, they start to hang out a little bit more. Um, she starts to work with him at the library and you you start to see her bring some personality out of him. He starts to enjoy her company and uh, he's actually starting to like wake up and kind of take his take his eyes out of the books and notice the world around him. Um, yeah, man, I just love the beautiful uh, opposite dynamic between these two characters, dog. Cause like you can't help but fall in love with Sakura, a girl that knows she's gonna die soon, but it's just living every day like it's the last. Even even in the simplest things, like he says, like you know, you want to come work with me at the library? Shouldn't you be off traveling the world or something if you're about to die soon? She says, well, I'm doing something I want to do now, so mm-hmm. aren't I kind of treating my day like it's my last? I'm doing, I want to, I'm hanging out with you. I want to do that. Uh, she just has a just great. Uh, outlook on the world and you, you you just you just love her so much and like i said nothing against haruki but i said listen these two films are about guys that don't deserve the beautiful wonderful women in their life oh yeah he uh, he literally landed the jackpot with having uh sakura even want to be around him because their personalities clash so much like on paper and everything because right. she is such that bubbly personality uh, even going back to the one scene you were mentioning when uh, he goes, well, don't you want to be doing something fun, like going to another country or something like that? And she goes, well, don't you? You know, right. Don't you I'm- also have like things you want to do before you die? What if you die tomorrow? You know, we're we're all going to die eventually. If you don't treat every moment like it's your last, you're you're going to always be missing out. I just love how she 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 kind of checks him in her bubbly way. Where uh, she kind of has, I love one moment that made me laugh. But she she stands up, she goes, "Look, man, talk to people. You know, uh, mm-hmm. when someone offers you gum, take it. Like you know, like yeah. like like I'm giving you an assignment now to talk to people. There's this one guy that's always trying to offer him gum, and he's like, Nah, man, I'm good. Um, but I like how she she tries to she spends it as her mission to like hang out with this boy that you know obviously she loves him, but you know she 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 wants to get to know him and bring 
bring life out of him to enjoy life. You know what I'm saying? Like, I love how she's almost at the end of her life and she's trying to get his life to begin. Right. Because he is very introvert. Like, he doesn't talk to any of the kids at the school and everything like that. And she notices mm-hmm. this. Uh, she even makes a note that he is the one person that, uh, what's her line? She thinks that uh, living is to have interactions with other people and to form your personality and your person off of the people around you and everything. And the fact that he is who he is without having anybody around him to base his personality off of, like his friends and family and everything like that, uh, it makes him a more interesting person to her because he is purely him. There is nobody forming who he is. Right. And I love the dude. I love the emotional fake out this film has because it starts off with the flash forward with the funeral. And, you know, you imagine as you get to know this girl, like, okay, the illness finally got her. And, you know, he he says he didn't go to the funeral. Mm-hmm. And we start to learn that I want to eat your pancreas line and what why they say that and stuff like that. Uh, so I go, okay, it's going to get close to that point. But then, dude, the film just stabs you in the heart out of nowhere. First oh, off, yeah. how does she get stabbed? Like, I, I didn't understand. Like, how did that happen? Was she mugged? Like, that's, it that just was, so- was uh, they mentioned it earlier in the movie on. So this is one of those things that you kind of notice when you watch it again is they mention it on the news that his mom is watching and everything like that, that there's somebody on the loose that has uh, killed a person. And then I think they mention it a second time in the movie. And then she ends up being his third victim before he's caught. Oh, he's a serial killer. Yes. So he was just killing people and she just happened to be wrong place, wrong time. Okay. Yeah. I guess I, I guess I would notice that on the second viewing. Cause I was just like, said, man, she got stabbed. No car crash or nothing. Like that was just, that seemed a little random to me, but I guess I, I guess I missed the details. Yeah, it's um, one of those very like hidden kind of things within it. Um, this one's based on a novel, and I have to believe that that's kind of a little bit more present in the novel than the the movie. Uh, mm-hmm. This one actually had a live action movie too. I didn't even know that. That one's called "Let Me Eat Your Pancreas." Oh, okay. <laughs> when I was searching this film, that film came up, and I said, "Nah, this is animation. That can't be the right one." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that one might actually be a horror movie. <laughs> Right. Um, yeah, man, that just that just sunk me because, you know, you're expecting her to pass naturally through her, you know, illness. But he's like being stabbed, you know. Well, and you I- have the gut punch moment because prior to this, she was in the hospital and everything like that. Right. And, you know, she's saying that her numbers were a little bit weird. She's there for a couple weeks, but don't worry, she's going to get out. And it's the day that she gets out of the hospital and they're going to meet at the coffee shop. You know, and it's about like noon when he texts her uh, the final text that he sent that we saw at the very beginning of the movie, which is I want to eat your pancreas. And we see him send that. It's like, oh, no, this this is when it happens. She's not going to end up leaving the hospital. It's going to be something, you know, and it toys with you for a little bit because you just see from his perspective for, you know, the next eight hours until the shop closes where he is waiting for her and right. he's not getting any response from her or anything like that. Uh, he's gets home and that's when he hears on the news that uh, she had been stabbed to death. So yeah. he immediately breaks down of course, and everything like that. 
And eventually he misses the funeral because he just he can't go. And I love that she actually told his mom or she told her mom, you know, the entire time she's been writing a book uh, called Living With Death or Living With Dying. I'm trying to remember Um, what the name of the book was. Living With Dying sounds about right. We'll just go with that for now. But I, I do remember vaguely remember the title. But uh, she is writing this book and it's basically a daily, well, not daily, but somewhat daily diary of what she's been going through and everything, like how her days are going, everything like that, that she started writing when she found out that uh, she had the uh, pancreatic disease that was going to end her life. So at the end, she decides that she wants to give this to uh, Haruki in order for him to have a little piece of her to remember. Right. At the end. Right, exactly. Um, I like how it, there's another important character in this uh story, and that's um uh Sakura's friend, uh Kyoko. Uh, Kyoko. Now, in the beginning, I thought Kyoko was a little annoying. She seems a little she's a very intense, uh, violent girl. Uh she's very intensely over overprotective of uh she's Sakura. very possessive of Sakura. Sakura. Yeah, that's it. She, she's very possessive over her. And when you understand how why she's possessive over her, Sakura is just a very, uh, you know, she's a I, I'm not going to say delicate. She's a strong girl. We get that when she beats up the guy that tries to, uh, you know, threaten the uh, the, the oh, the old lady in the yeah. alleyway. Yeah, right. But she's uh she's such a pure, beautiful soul. I can understand how someone like um uh, 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 Kyoko doesn't want anyone disturbing that, especially someone like Haru- Haruki is who is labeled as kind of like the weird kid in class that doesn't talk to anybody. Yeah, you know, like, like she even says, like, "Oh, you're better than him. You know, you, you deserve better than him." Um, but I like that moment in the end where he uh tries to talk to her and it's like, "Listen, she wrote this diary," and. It talks about what she's dealing with. And I, 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 I feel like you should read this. Uh, you know, after she smacks him and she kind of like runs away, uh, the film ends on such a weird note. Uh, but I, I, I understand it for his character where he says, like, the moment he decides to take her advice and, and start to become friends with people. This is after he mm-hmm. finally takes the gum from the guy. You know, he says yeah, that was the day that uh, he was on his way to the cafe to meet her. Right. And he finally takes uh, gum from the one uh, classmate of his that was constantly offering him gum. Right. I like how it just it just it just ends bluntly on a point where he's like, look, I think we should be friends because that's such a big step for him. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he doesn't have any friends. He, he's really an introverted. Uh, uh, I think insular is the right word for him. Uh, so he finally reaches out. Uh, and then it ends. But uh, I got to say, the one scene that kind of broke me. And well, for an I'm going to ad- pause you. Did you see the end credit scene? No, I missed another one. <laughs> I missed okay. another one. So I'm, I'm going to just give you a note by note on what the end credit scene is. Uh, the end credit scene is uh, him and Kyoko at uh, her uh, headstone kind of a year later to give their respects to Sakura. And uh, he mentions, you know, 
so are we gonna hang out later you know Mm-hmm. And she throws him a piece of gum and kind of goes, oh, so you guys are going steady now. And she goes, uh, yeah, kind of uh, implying that she's now dating the guy that's been trying to give him gum the entire movie. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, that's cute. So uh, it, it go back and watch it. It's it, it's only like a two minute clip, but it's it's a cute moment for the end of the movie. That sounds cute. All right. All right, that sounds cute. Um, the one scene that did throw me, though, that made me like for an animation film, it, it made me a little emotional is when uh, he's talking with uh, Sakura, Sakura's mom and her mom is like, oh, you're the guy that that she wrote the book to to, to oh, read. Yeah. And um, and then he just I love how as he's reading some of the novel, he just kind of breaks down and like literally just starts like sobbing like a baby saying, I don't know what to do. Like mm-hmm. I, this, this, this woman shake shook up my whole life. I don't know what to do now that she's gone. Um, yeah, man, that's a powerful moment. Oh, absolutely. Like at first he like even apologizes to uh, her mother. Like, I I'm so sorry. I, I can't hold this right, right. now you know, reading this book and everything because there's a whole like page left, especially for him. And one of the big things was uh, he had a hobby where people would uh, say his name and stuff like that. And he'd judge what they perceive of him based on how they said his name mm-hmm. and kind of what kind of person they thought him to be. Like he would hear when people would call somebody else's name and be able to tell Oh, they're friends. You know, that person feels this toward them. It's disdain, whatever. So she makes a note to never say his name so that he can never gather what kind of uh, person she sees him as because he does. She doesn't want him to think that uh, he's seen as the same person to other people or anything. Mm. So he she never even writes his name in the book because he requests that you know, don't write down my name. So that's another thing with the mother not even knowing who he was because his name wasn't written anywhere in the book. That's interesting. So. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's an interesting uh, subtle note there. Hmm. Yeah. So right. even uh, in that last page and everything, that, that one's a teary moment reading that last page. Uh, first off, beautifully animated scene of kind of her in this watercolor kind of look. Yeah, and the, the imagination of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah a- absolutely beautiful. This this is another movie that kind of tugs at your heartstrings very subtly at moments and uh very roughly at others. Yeah, I mean, I gotta say, out of all the films we've watched so far, this your name, silent voice, uh, this one really hit me the hardest. Uh, oh, yeah. and, and I love the subtleties at their at their two clashing personalities, even from the start where they're working in a library and uh, she's putting books on the shelf. He's like, what are you doing? He says, I'm, I'm putting the books where they belong. He says, um, and I, I think he said, like, uh, those are history books. Those are histor- no, that's historical fiction. This is the history section. No, he doesn't even say fiction. He says, oh, those this- are his. He says, these are history books. Those are historical novels. And she goes, oh. same thing. You know, because it kind of is the same thing, but I historical means novels that are, I don't know, but I it is kind of the same thing. Did did your subtitle say that or I, I thought it, mine said fiction, but uh, I might be misremembering. Hmm. 
Uh, well, maybe, maybe. But uh, yeah, dude, I just love the subtleties throughout this movie, man. This is a very well done movie. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's one more thing I wanted to mention. No, I think uh, I. Oh, when they snuck out of the hospital to go see the fireworks, because it was one of the things on her list. Like, we can only do this today. You know, we have to go do this today. Uh, that that was a great moment. Yeah, that was a great moment, too. But the, um, the hotel scene, I got to say. The oh, fuck, with the truth or dare and everything. Yeah. My first time watching this, I was like, OK, where is this going? I was like, are they going to are they going to you know, go all the way or they mm-hmm. just, they just messing around or wh- where is this going to go? Uh, but I, I, I think, I think where it ended is a good place for it. The end where he carries her to the bed and they kind of, they sleep together, but not sleep together in the same bed. And then, you know, the trip ends, but um, I kind of thought that hotel sequence was a little, I don't know. I kind of thought it was pointless a little bit. Uh, it was kind of like to show that he, he didn't have interest in her in that way and everything like that. And she didn't really have interest in him in that way either, that she didn't see it as a threat to be like there alone in the room with, you know, drinking together as a threat at all. Uh, he, she wanted to get to know him and this was a way to like take him out of his zone, uh, put him in a situation where he would have to come out of his shell a little bit. <laughs> Right. She's taking him shopping and everything. Yeah. Make, making him try on new clothes. Oh, yeah. I love that when they get to the uh, what was it? The train station or the bus station. And she's like, that's all you brought. Uh, no matter. There's probably a Uniqlo and a shopping center over there that we can go to. Right. <laughs> and he's right. like, what? Right. Um, I got to say, I mean, even with that scene in uh, intact, this is a. a I feel comfortable in giving this a five, man. This is just really? a perfect movie to me. Okay. Yeah, this, See, this is a perfect anime romance to me. Uh, this one, very high up there, but this one's a 4.5 to me. This, this one's... Okay. Yeah, it, it's not quite a five, but it's it's really close. I absolutely love this movie. Uh, I remember you actually texted me... Uh, saying that you were watching this movie and you fell asleep. My first thought was, oh, God, we're going to have another one where Anthony absolutely hates one of these movies. It wasn't the movie. I just had a lot going on. I, I was intrigued. Yeah, because yeah. that, that kind of scared me for a minute when I saw that. I was like, oh, God, he's going to come on and be like, what the hell was this movie? And I'm going to be like, no, but it's it's heartfelt and I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, that, that day was just chaotic. I uh, no. I, uh, that I, yeah, it was just a chaotic day, but, uh, okay. So with, with, okay. So which one wins out to you? Cause you, you gave both films 4.5. Uh, to me, uh, I had to say a silent voice wins out. I, I really wow. love that story and the characters within it. Uh, cause there's a lot more meat to that story with the different characters and everything like that. Um, I've seen a silent voice a couple times. I've read the manga that it was based off of and I I love that one. Yeah. So I really love that one. Uh, I remember when people were talking about this one, when your name came out and Mm -hmm. I picked up the manga during that time. And then when it came to theaters, I saw it and everything like that. So this was one that I really got behind and everything like that, mostly because of your name. So, all right. 
but I want to eat your pancreas was one that uh, it, it caught my attention mostly because of the name and because it was getting a lot of praise when it first came out. Uh, but I didn't see this one until it came out on like home video. Okay. All right, folks, there you have it. Uh, I got pancreas. Uh, Brad has a silent voice. So let's get to a weird way of putting it. (laughs) I have a pancreas. You have a silent voice. (laughs) It fits. I told you it was a nice matchup. It's a Uh, perfect matchup. Uh, let's get to the meat and potatoes. Uh, you excited for strange? Uh, I am very excited for strange because uh, this is it's this week. I it keep is. forgetting that it's coming up and everything like that. It's we're in that weird area still for me where like movies just kind of appear and I go, oh, yeah, that's coming out. You know, I had the reverse effect done for me because I had thought uh, the black phone, that horror film with Ethan Hawke, uh, when I started seeing previews for that again, I'm like, did that film already come out? Like, oh yeah. And then I remember, then I was uh, reminded that oh, it got delayed. But I'm like, oh, I thought I thought Black Phone already came out. So you know, I uh, I I kind of forgot that that movie hadn't come out yet. Uh, yeah, man, I got my tickets all set for Saturday at two. Uh, the wifey and I are gonna go. Uh, I know she's excited for Jurassic Park Dominion. I still got to watch the other Chris Pratt ones. Um, uh, oh, yeah. The, those ones. The first one is good. Uh, the second one is interesting. I hear mixed reviews. I hear like it, it's entertaining, to say the least. Um, but, you know, I'm just so hooked on, you know, the old the OG Jurassic Park one through three. A lot of people don't like three, but I like three. See, I that's one of the things is I remember watching three as a kid and I was like, oh, my God, it's amazing. But as the same time, you're a kid watching it and going, yeah, dinosaurs. I, I love this. I was a kid. But then again, I was a kid that liked William H. Macy. You know, I liked Sam Neill came back. Uh, I liked the Lost World because of the VHS cover that changed as you as oh, you turned lenticular. it, <laughs> you know, and then, uh, you know, Jeff Goldblum's in it. Um now, I know I like Jurassic Park one. That's a classic. Oh, yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I, I like one through three, but I guess I'm going to have to rewatch everything in, in preparation for this one. Yeah, that's uh, I'm looking forward to this one because it's kind of shaking it up a little bit mm-hmm. and it seems interesting. I don't know if you've seen the trailer for it yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen it. I've seen uh, vaguely what's at stake. Yeah, I like the idea that there's dinosaurs every and everybody keeps commenting oh if dinosaurs escape that would be taken care of immediately it's like yeah but that's a boring movie shut up you know let there right. be dinosaurs everywhere man come on right just shoot missiles at godzilla and kong the movie's over like yeah come on, man. this is fantasy this is not real life no i want to see the monkey fight the lizard man come on let me have my movie <laughs> fight the lizard man or fight the lizard comma man fight the lizard comma man Oh, man, that would have been funny if you said fight the lizard, man. (laughs) Um, Man, that movie was too good. That movie was too good for its own good. I like Godzilla and Kong. Yeah. Godzilla versus Kong. I can't wait for the sequel. Oh, did you hear? We kind of knew it was going to happen. Batman 2 on the way. Yeah, it's they apparently have uh, penned a script more or less for a second and third to do a trilogy out of Robert Pattinson's Batman. And they finally confirmed the second one is going into production. 
I don't think they said anything on like confirming the third, but I know that he's mentioned that there is a script for a third movie. I'm down for it, man. Uh, that dynamic between Matt Reeves and Patterson uh, and that that view of Gotham, uh, it's working. It's working. You yeah. don't you don't you can't fix what's not broken. Yeah, uh, I, I'm fully excited to see where they go with it. Uh, apparently, they already have somebody in mind for a Harley Quinn to go along with Joker in that movie. It resetting everybody. Um, oh, it's a completely man. different universe. It's not really a reset. It's think of this oh, as man. like another Dark Knight trilogy. It has nothing to do with the other DC movies. Yeah, but that gets confusing. I know. It, I I absolutely I love it and hate it at the same time. It's one of those things where it's like that's nice. It means that they can do their own thing and they don't have to worry about what's going on in other movies. And then the other side of me is like, yeah, but that means that there's nothing that's going to connect this to the other movies. And that's one of the things I like about the Marvel stuff is you can see the references to the other things going on i'll say this man marvel is like a marvel is a long series with two to three hour episodes oh yeah it's literally just a tv series that releases three episodes a year in theaters pretty much uh and that works for them i like that dc is a little messy but i want to see a little bit more continuity with dc i'm really curious where uh what they're going to do with it after they have the flashpoint movie. Cause I think that's when they can really start nailing down what they're doing. And they're going to use that as their reset button. Cause that's, that's what name. flashpoint was in the comics was it was their reset button of things are getting a little bit too convoluted. We need to reset this. And flashpoint is what led into uh, new 52. Yeah. It's on my list to read. Uh, that leads me to my next question, man. Uh, Ezra Miller, you think he's messing some things up here? Um, I'm curious why he's trying to fight the entire state of Hawaii while he's there. Man. Uh, <laughs> okay, well, I'm sorry. Do you think they're messing things up here? I'm sorry. I, I got to use the right pronoun. Uh, oh, is he? I didn't even know that. I think I think they are they now. Is he uh, they oh, them? Uh, I, th- I, th- I think that's what it is. Uh, yep, uh, they he go. I mean, they go by they now. Okay, they go by they them. So yeah, yeah uh, it, they are definitely messing up. <laughs> um, this is like one of those like court cases of you're using the wrong pronouns. Okay, I'm sorry. Well, they killed a person. <laughs> yeah, I, listen, I'm trying to say it as 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 as, as normal as I can, as respectfully it, it, as it's, possible. Yeah, it's a process. It's a process. You know, I understand. We live in new times. Um, but yeah, man, they just, they just keep messing up, man. I, and I, I look at the articles every day and I'm just like, what's this person's problem, man? I like, mean, I, DC is really having a hard time these last couple of weeks with everything going on with Amber Heard and Ezra Miller. Oh man. Well, see, you can sacrifice her. We don't come on. Oh yeah. That's not a loss at all. Yeah. you, you um, can, Ezra yeah. Miller is basically was going to be the face of uh the upcoming like dc everything with that point you got a charming talented actor in the lead what can go wrong except when that actor is acting up pun intended uh yeah. you know what i mean because like listen when you see this guy's impressive career from we need to talk about kevin perks of a wallflower up to now you're like man he, he was he was destined to do this role man he was destined to be a flash like tom holland was destined to be spider-man 
But Tom Holland isn't a screw up. Tom Holland isn't uh, harassing and assaulting couples and messing up karaoke night. Yeah. How you going to mess up karaoke night? Yeah, no, uh, Tom Holland is going to karaoke night and making the party somehow even better than it was. Right. Yeah. (laughs) If there's anything I get where some people are like, oh, I I don't care for Tom Holland, Spider-Man, and I don't care for Tom Holland and Uncharted and stuff like that. But at the same time, you got to look at Tom Holland and go, this guy is just having the time of his life everywhere he goes. You got to respect that at the very least. He's having a time of his life. Andrew Garfield is having a time of his life. These people are normal people that just act, dude. Yeah, uh, I, I don't understand. Like, I, I know I, I want to know what kind of issues Ezra is going through. That That's what I want to know. Like, well, no, maybe I don't need to know because it's his business. But, man, I'm surprised DC hasn't made the decision to ax him because I, I guess they got a lot of money riding on this film. Keaton's they, coming back. They have a lot riding on Flashpoint because that is like the movie that's going to jumpstart the rest of their DC kind of lineup. Mm hmm. So they need this movie to come out. They can't stop it now. Uh, this would be like uh, having Robert Downey Jr. like throw a chair at somebody at a wedding and they have to like, you know, just a couple months before Endgame and going, we can't we, we can't stop Endgame. It's you, you can't sit down, shut up and sit in a room for the <laughs> couple months. Please don't touch anything. We Listen, can't stop Endgame now. Letitia Wright having, you know, taking her stance on being anti-vax, which is her her personal stance. But Disney, who was pro-vax, they're like, look, Chadwick is dead. We got to make this movie. See, Shuri, just to sit over there, just be quiet and let's just make the movie. Yeah. And then all of a sudden she started creating a ruckus on set and was making everybody's lives miserable. Well, allegedly. 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 That's Um, one of the ones where when... Several people that work on this of a movie go, yeah, I hate that person now. Uh, it allegedly becomes, mm, yeah, it's technically hearsay, but at the same time, I'm hearing a lot of hearsay from different people saying the same thing now. <laughs> I want to see justification for Ray Fisher. I understand they might not want him as cyborg anymore because he made he made waves with telling with telling his truth, and they're trying to protect Whedon and whatever. But uh, I kind of want to see him uh, get a different superhero role with I don't know if it has to be Marvel or uh, Dark Horse films or whatever. But I want to see him because he's a great cyborg. Uh, Oh, Oh, I absolutely agree. You know, unfortunately, cyborg got sacrificed because of hubris uh, on their end, not his. So I I really do want to see him come up in another superhero role. Yeah, they really bet on the wrong actor when they were going forward with uh, the D.C. (laughs) universe here they're like no no ray you sit to the side we can't have you causing controversy we got ezra on our back here and now they're looking going we 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 put our money on the wrong guy man we should have we should have kept ray yeah just we we shouldn't have made him on the wrong horse this whole time man i'm telling you we shouldn't have made him say booyah we should have just left it alone (laughs) we should have just left it alone oh man which is a bad thing because i you know my my inner child of watching Teen Titans when he right you want to hear that, him I was like oh my god this is great, but at the same time it's like I understand where he's coming from. It made I'm no still sense. Glad we got it with whatever was going on in the scene. Oh, yeah, no. It was just dude, just say booyah, just say it, just say the line, Bart. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah, man. I don't know, dude. Uh, 
I don't know what's going to happen to Ezra after this, uh, because there is, like you said, there's a lot of money riding on this. You got Ben Affleck. You got Michael Keaton. Uh, this is a very if you're a comic book fan, this is an anticipated movie like this. This is how bad superhero fans are. We, we hear like the the horrible things Ezra allegedly did. And we're like, yeah, that's horrible. But uh, I need this Flashpoint movie. Yeah. <laughs> but when when is Flashpoint coming out? Is Are we talking like a couple months delay, a year delay? I need to know. Right. I need to pen this in my schedule. <laughs> we can punish him later, but we need that movie. Yeah. He threw what at a person? That's terrible. Anyway, so we're still looking at a June release, right? <laughs> oh, man. Bob Odenkirk is in the hospital, but they're still coming out with the, the final season of Better Call Saul, right? That's still being made, right? Yeah. <laughs> I remember when that news came out, and I I think I read then. I just went completely pale, and I was like, no, no. Of all the people, please no. Don't let this be the next actor that goes. We need Bob right. Odenkirk still. He is a great comedian. We we need him. Him I, and David Cross still need to make a sequel to... Um, What's that show that they had before? Oh, they already made the sequel. Uh, it was on Netflix, the uh, Mr. Show. Yeah. They, they came back with a show called With Bob and David. I didn't check it out, but yeah, oh, they already made a sequel. Check it out. Yeah. Um, yeah. My thing was, uh, yeah, of course, I was like, like, you know, like, oh, man, I hope he's OK. But there's always that one guy in the comments like, man, that sucks. Uh, I hope the show survives. Everybody I hope like, this doesn't cause too much of a delay on the show. It's like, dude, what about him? He's like, oh, yeah, him too. Yeah, I hope he's good and everything. But like AMC did say 2022. Are we still looking at 2022? Let me ask you something, man, before we get out of here. Uh, did you hear about the big cancellation uh, spree that CW went on? Uh, I heard that they got so... From my understanding, the Flash is the only one that hasn't been canceled at this point. Mm. I mean, they 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 went on a ride, man. They went on Catwoman, uh, Legends of Tomorrow. Is Superman and Lois still okay? Uh, that one's an HBO Max show, so I think that is it really? One, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I think it has episodes that play on the CW, and it technically takes place in the CW universe. But that one's an HBO Max show. Mm. Uh, so I think that one's safe for now uh, until HBO Max, you know, decides that that's too good of a show and they have to cancel it with all the other good shows like Venture Brothers. Yeah, yeah, HBO ain't concerned about Venture Brothers, man. Just like they're not concerned about one of my favorite shows, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Uh, uh, both of them are a movie, though. You said what? Have you been watching the new Aqua Teen uh, Hunger Force shorts on YouTube? No, no. What oh, happened? I'm going to have to send that to you later. Uh, they decided to come out with they were doing it daily for a little bit. I don't know if they're still coming out with them, but they're like five minute shorts. OK. Um, having one of like the villains from previous episodes kind of doing a, you know, new Not the, a the aliens. Uh, there's one on the. Well, there's one on the aliens that are in the frat, and then there's one on the dumb aliens. Uh, there's one on like MCP pants. Um, the I want candy. Yeah. Uh, the brood witch. 
um yeah i'll i'll send that to you it's it's absolutely fantastic because each one is only about like five minutes um hand banana makes a return in one of them <laughs> you can't make an episode like that today but that was so funny and it's in it in its time <laughs> <laughs> i want to be called spaghetti <laughs> you're the enforcer <laughs> <laughs> that was such a funny episode, but it's not funny today. It's no, it's still funny today. You just can't make it today. Uh, they they did. <laughs> I'll send you the links. It's fantastic. Oh wow. Okay. So you said they're coming out with a movie? Um, yeah, they're coming out with a movie. I don't think there's a release date on it yet. Um because they announced that it was Aqua Teen, Hunger Force, Metalocalypse, and Venture Brothers were each getting a straight-to-DVD movie that oh, nice. would come out on HBO Max as well. That's awesome. That's awesome. I never got into Metalocalypse. That that really wasn't my type of show. Oh, um, really? Oh, I love that one. Yeah, Venture Brothers was funny when I watched it. Uh, but again, I, I the only one I kind of watched mostly straight through was kind of like Boondocks and Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Oh, so you weren't like a Squid Billies, 12 ounce mouse. Squid yeah. Billies. Squid Billies was a little too too disturbing for me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, come on, let me get on that thing. Don't touch the tram. Don't touch the tram. <laughs> I just love that they drew a new hat for him every single episode. <laughs> yeah, man, I remember the one where uh Santa Claus it was warned against santa claus and uh i guess i guess the, the reindeer was fighting the wolves and it just oh, got yeah. bloody bloody and gory and i'm like this is this is messed up man this is a messed up show i, I absolutely agree but um, uh yeah all right I'm looking folks. forward to those three movies though <laughs> for sure all right folks we'll catch you on the next one we'll uh be talking about uh strange and go more in depth with uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. All right. Like, share, and subscribe. Talk to you later.